so you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important if you just listen to the podcast, like community, people. The whole point of getting together on a Sunday morning is to be the body of Christ. And so, you know, find a way to practice that if you're just listening to the podcast. There's lots of support and encouragement to be found there and challenge. Um, The other thing you'll miss is inspiring music, and we won't be able to give you any of those delightful church coffee and cookie combos, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada, not theological experts or perfect preachers or homiletical harbingers. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching or you've traveled far away or maybe you're just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on a Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you would hear it and receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, feel free to disagree. Ooh, that rhymes. Feel free to disagree. We don't really care if you agree with absolutely everything we have to say. Our hope is that we can get you thinking about life and God and community and love and grace and justice and all of those things that are important to us and that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider those things and today this. So Chris. So Susan. Mark 3. Mark 3. That's when Jesus calls the disciples. Right. And what happens later in Mark 3 is that Jesus starts preaching and people start thinking he's crazy. What? And even his family kind of goes, Well, he is kind of a zany rabbi. He's not exactly what they were looking for. Yeah, he's not He's not the droids they were looking for. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth, right? So in this scripture, the crowd is so busy that they're so pressing that they're preventing the disciples from eating. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, they're so busy. And the scribes come along and stir up the pot. Like they like to do. Because they they want to be right, Mm. right? And then Jesus' family comes along. And like I said, they kind of think he's a little, he's gone a little over the top. Yeah. Right? At least that's how how it is perceived by Mark. They're wondering what's happened and what's wrong with him. And they're trying to save Jesus from himself. Okay. So there's a lot going on. They have his best interest at heart. They think they do, right? And when I read this passage, I think of it as like chaos, Right? Like there's all these people milling around with all their own agendas. And moving parts. And moving parts. And Jesus is in the middle and deflecting all this stuff. Right? He's sort of like, what do you mean you see the devil? What do you mean about the, you know, the house divided? This is one of the passages where he says, you know, a house divided cannot stand. Right. Well, because they've accused him of working for the devil. Right. Right. Where do you see the devil in this? The devil. Right. And he's like, no, no, I don't work for that. There's all these moving parts, right? And Jesus' family come, comes up and they're like, come on, why don't you come home with us? Why don't you yeah. just we'll leave just, us You'll alone. have a nice nap. nap. We'll make you some, some soup. soup. It'll be, be fine. fine. Get some rest. Right. Get all these zany thoughts out of your head. Uh, right. And Jesus goes, what family? Yeah. And I think this is one of those interesting places in the, in the scripture where it's sort of antithetical to what we have created in the church. 
Hmm? Like this notion that family is all important. Oh, yeah. We sort of worship the modern family, but that's that dates back to Roman times and trying to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, but I think it's I think it's one I think it's one of those things that helps us that, that can be a place. This is a side note that, that helps us remember that's not the all encompassing thing. Yeah, right? it's it's not all about you. It's not all about you. Not about the center of your universe, right? But what Jesus says to them in that moment is, "What family? I'm in the midst of my family." Mm-hmm. It reminds us that, that family comes in a lot of a lot of forms and a lot of connections, right? Absolutely. This passage is so like chaotic. It's like the only way I can describe it because it's also in the middle of this this all this chaos that Jesus makes a statement about blasphemy and the unforgivable nature of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, he's saying you're not just trying to discredit me. What you're trying to do is discredit the Spirit of God, right? Because it scares you. Yeah. When you do that, you make it more difficult for everybody else to experience grace and love yeah. and hope and healing and wholeness yeah. and salvation and all of those things. Where I went with this passage is really talking about blasphemy. Mm. Like, so that's an old-fashioned word, right? I don't ever, I don't hardly ever use that word. I use it playfully a lot. Yes. When somebody says, like, that my favorite flavor of ice cream is not as good as their favorite right. flavor of ice cream, I say blasphemy, blasphemy which yes. is a joke. Right? Like because... It's- that's blasphemy is really about keeping what's God's holy and not it's really don't use God's name in vain right 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 because we use it that way right Mm -hmm. it doesn't have the kind of weight it used to right and we and we use a lot of words that are sort of blasphemous words in a playful way like we talk about irreverence Mm -hmm. but irreverence I think should not necessarily refer to how you think about God, but right. how you think about all of the human institutions we've built right. around God. Right. There's a balance. It's not like all one thing or all another thing. Like it's okay yeah. to have a sense of humor and it's okay to question and it's okay to use humor as criticism. Right. But the whole idea, the whole point is to keep looking for where the spirit of God actually is moving. Right. And then getting rid of all the junk that's not. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia. Oh, Good. A reliable source. A reliable source. And that's exactly what I said. But, you know, I'm just talking, you know, we have that lighter sense of blasphemy, Uh right? Because of our our U.S.-based culture that we're steeped in. Yeah. Um, But we have to remember that there are some places in the world where blasphemy is still... A very serious offense. A very serious offense. But blasphemy is the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence to a deity, religious or holy persons or sacred things, or towards something considered... Sacred or inviolable. Inviolable. Inviolable, yes. Inviolatable. Inviolatable. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Reminds us to be thinking blasphemy is a serious concern. To speak out or to speak up or to call out that which is being done in the name of God can be considered blasphemous. To have a difference of opinion about religion or politics or what it means to be patriotic or what your favorite football team is. What? I know. There's a kid at my church who every week asks me who my favorite football team is. And every week I give him the same answer. And it like it's not a kid I expect to remember my answer. My answer is not that important. But every week he has to ask me, like, who's your favorite football team? And I know that one of these weeks, if I changed my answer, if I just picked a team that wasn't his, that we'd get into a fight about it. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, right? Right? So. But there is that sense, right? Like, I think actually, we've been talking about the joking use of blasphemy, but in some ways we're more serious about... We take really stupid things seriously, seriously. and really important things not very seriously. seriously. And right. that's a problem. That is a problem. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the um, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me thing. Blasphemy is about words, right? Oh, words hurt all the time. Right. And, and not just because like, oh, you hurt my feelings, but words build our reality. 
Yeah. And so when we start to say this kind of person is valuable and this kind of person person is is not valuable, we build a world in which there are second class citizens and it becomes okay to dehumanize and denigrate and oppress. And that's sort of the opposite of what God wants. Right. Not sort of the opposite. The exact opposite opposite of what God wants. Right. What pops into my mind is like those caricatures of holiness. Oh, yeah. That X, Y, or Z is the only way to be holy. Uh-huh. Um, and if, if you fall outside of those range, it's it's a, it's a blasphemy, yeah. right? And and So and, a straw man. Right, right. Or, or how oh. do we, you know... Well, I don't believe this super ridiculous thing about God, and therefore you're going to say that I'm blasphemous, and therefore I can dismiss you. Right. Or we're going to hold on to things that don't... That don't matter. That don't matter. So so I gave my, my congregation... I said to my congregation we, that we were already committing a whole bunch of blasphemies that morning. Oh, good. There were musical instruments in the sanctuary. That's blasphemy. Blasphemy. According to some folks. There are women wearing pants in the room. There are women without their heads covered in the room. <gasps> I know. Yeah. I know. Um, and one of them a... is the pastor. <laughs> and that, we haven't gotten there yet. And the video screen, right? We've yeah. kept all this technology in the room. Idolatry. Idolatry. And then I said, and then, um, you know, this little thing about your pastor being a woman? Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. That there's this balance between what is of God and what is not, not of God. God. And dismissing wholeheartedly those things that are distractions from or counter to the Spirit of God moving in the world. Right. And I have a quote from Thomas Aquinas, old white guy, right? But um, it says, if we compare murder and blasphemy as regards the objects of those sins, it is clear that blasphemy, which is a sin committed directly against God, is more grave than murder, which is a sin against one's neighbor. On the other hand, if we compare them in respect to the harm wrought by them, murder is the graver sin, for murder does more harm to one's neighbor than blasphemy does to God. Yeah, it doesn't actually hurt God, it hurts the people around you. Exactly, exactly. So we need to be paying attention to and holding on to the core of what God has given us mm-hmm. versus the culture of yes. what we have inherited. Yes. And that's where we're... And it's hard, to, it's hard to dig those things out because they're so enmeshed even in scripture. Right. But, but we can start with the stuff that we can clearly see. Like the example I gave was colonial, colonialism. colonialism. And one of the examples I give of this is our Tongan brothers and sisters who wear wool jackets mm-hmm. with their traditional garb. Mm-hmm. And you go... That doesn't make any sense that makes when you're in a no South Pacific sense, island. Right? Yeah. And, and it still doesn't make any context. And, it, and God doesn't give a poop. No. Right. And, you know, the the images that we see of Jesus on the wall that we carry with us, right? Yeah, Jesus wears a beauty pageant sash. <laughs> or Jesus, knocks on the wrong side of the door. Jesus, the original queen. <laughs> <laughs> that we have to be careful and conscious and and remind ourselves of the ways in which we are we are blaspheming in, in the things that we think are normal. Mm-hmm. Right. By not questioning our by not questioning our assumptions. assumptions. By not thinking, you know, maybe maybe there's a different way to look at this and it's not antithetical to who God is and it might actually reveal more of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, got into a great conversation yesterday about, you know, if God you know, we have we have these narrow images of God and then then we see things like, you know, the ever expanding universe and maybe God's even bigger than that. Maybe God's still working. And maybe God's still working. Well um, and and what happens when you narrow God down to a particular person's story or version mm-hmm. is that you miss out on 
the fantastic diversity of what the Holy Spirit is actually we up do, to in the yeah. world. You yeah. are missing out. Um, so if you can't do it because you value somebody else's opinion, do it because you value that your own opinion is actually seeking God. Right. I was thinking about, you know, this big struggle we're having in the UMC right now with who's allowed to be a pastor and who's not allowed to be a pastor. And it's like, what? are you moved? <laughs> are you moved by the sermon? Can yeah. they can they treat scripture well? Can they... Can they speak well of Can they speak well of God? Yeah, can they can they help you understand uh, or be sensitive to the way God moves in the world? Because again, the Methodist Church not huge on beliefs, more huge on practice. Right. Um, But your beliefs shape your practice in a lot of ways, and so like if if you are seeing the fruits of the Spirit in people's ministry, then I don't care what kind of labels you're going to affix to them. Like, let's go there. Let's do that. Yeah. And that means that there are some people who would vote very differently from myself, who should. Totally be pastors. Right. And there are some people who would vote very differently from those folks who should also be pastors. Right. We don't get to keep each other out. Right. I think about when I use the word blasphemy is use blasphemy as an opportunity to figure out what is really important. Mm. When our hackles come up, we need to analyze. Pay attention what, to that. What are, we, what are we reacting to? Are we reacting to something that is of God? Or are we reacting to something that has been implanted in us by our culture or by folks who would want us to limit things, mm-hmm. right? I it- often experience that discomforting feeling. And we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. that discomforting feeling is an opportunity for, for me to go, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Is this something God is calling me into? Or is this something so, God is calling my attention to so that I can fix it? Or is this something that I'm supposed to be avoiding like the Dickens? Yeah, or, right? yeah exactly. Like, like what's... What, what is, is the this? source? Is it my own work that I need to do? Is it my own healing, my own am I, or examination? Am I, yeah. Or is it that somebody is saying something about God that is causing harm? Right. And I need to speak a different truth. Right. Or am I just, am I scared because it might cost me something? Mm. Is the cost benefit appropriate? Right. Yeah. Like, like sometimes we get that feeling like I can't say anything because X, Y, or Z. Or it's the other way around. And you want to tilt at every single windmill. Window. Yeah. It's like, guys, pick and choose, choose your battles. Windows. What is right. the most important thing? What is what is closest to the heart of God? And go there. And go there instead of, right. well, you know, I really, really think we should have green carpet in the sanctuary instead of red. Who cares? Right. Well, or, you know fake flowers on the altar yeah right you know, like in the matrix of the communion table cool. i don't think it matters that much right i often think about this in in terms of stumbling blocks right like am i creating a stumbling block or am i releasing people from a stumbling block mm-hmm. that that heresy and blasphemy are ways of keeping the box small and sometimes we need to and all the time we need to make sure that the box that god that we place god in is bigger than we can imagine so that God can keep expanding. Yeah. Who we are expanding our thinking, you know, deconstruct or deconstruct it all together. Yeah. My favorite section of the bookstore in my hometown, the Christian bookstore in my hometown was the heresy section. Of course you it was Chris. Rob Bell and Peter Rollins and Brian McLaren and Barbara Brown Taylor and lots yeah. of, lots of really good people <laughs> in the heresy section. Now, I don't know why if you thought it was heresy, you would sell the book unless it was selling, but <laughs> Well, but uh, maybe they put them in the heresy section so they would sell. Maybe. Hey, I took it. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were sneakier than we thought. I was from the Church of the Devil. Church of the Devil. But all I said was, "Hey, are we both working for Christ? A house divided." Yeah, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. So, um, anyway, so that's what we we talked about um, in terms of heresy, and and it was 
it's really been interesting because it's been a few weeks since the sermon that people have gone, have, have, have talked about how, how they have paid attention mm. in ways that they were not paying attention. Oh, good. And also, you know, how uncomfortable it made me, made some people for me to, to point out some of the stuff. Because uh, um, I, I don't know about you, Chris, but, you know, like you just brought up with the Christian bookstore. I often find myself going, ugh, I have to go to the Christian bookstore. Aww. It's it's just because, like, I feel like I'm overwhelmed with... That's wrong, and that's, that's wrong, wrong, and that's and wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong, right. and that's wrong. And let's see if we can find things that are right. <laughs> right. What are six things that are right, right with this picture? Right. But, you know, like, I was looking for a book. Most recently, when I was in the Christian bookstore, I was looking for a book to give as a confirmation as a confirmation uh, gift, well, actually a baptism gift. But okay. yeah, yeah. And because I've taken up the the habit of giving a, a book to children I baptize, and yeah. I'm like, I should do that for for teenagers and adults, right? And and wandering around and being so frustrated at what I consider blasphemy. Yeah. In that all the stuff that young women might be interested in reading are pink and gross. Pink and gross, and I and that you know, and and theology friend... about purity and. You know, oh, this so damaging. My, my friend Sophia sent me a screenshot the other day of a Facebook group that's called Ladies Against Feminism for <gasps> a More Beautiful Womanhood. And it was basically trying to say that if you're a woman who doesn't want to stay home with the kids and wear makeup and be perfect for your husband, that you are against God's will. Uh, and I think, well, what about all the women preachers I know? What about all the women justice workers and helpers? And what about yeah. all the people who can't have children or choose not to be married or whatever? Like, what... What, what about the those folks? They they are doing the work of God. Yeah. And so I was just like, ooh, blasphemy. So I sent a, a gif of lemmings running off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> that was my response. Like, right. don't be a lemming. And we're not saying that, that you know, that staying, staying home, home with is, kids is a bad thing. thing. No. no. But what we're, we're saying, saying is, is God calls us each to different things. Exactly. And, uh, and it's good to know and to be listening to. Uh, right. What God's call is for you, and not assume that it must be exactly like everybody else's. Right. For everybody else's must be exactly like yours. That indeed is blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amen. Well, thanks, Susan. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about today, you can shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com where you can find the entire archive with quote-unquote show notes, um, (laughs) links to the scriptures and the articles that we've been talking about. Yes, you are welcome. Scripture for this podcast is Mark 3, verses 20 to 35, and the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So here's the thing. Go and look for blasphemy, and then (laughs) think about it. Because when we send, when you you hang up your headphones or get out of your car or end this podcast, you are in the real world, and the world is at one time God's, and at the same time we can deny God so easily. Mm. So go and see if you can't see where God is moving. Sometimes it will be blasphemous, Oop. but I promise it will be good. Amen. Mm-hmm.